Welcome to United Against Silence. I'm Seema Reza, the CEO of Community Building Artworks, a nonprofit organization that connects veterans, healthcare workers, and civilians through workshops led by the artists of our time. Each week, we interview an artist to find out about their process and how they've overcome silence in their lives. Jive Poetic is a writer, organizer, and educator based in Brooklyn, New York. He is the founder of Insurgent Poet Society, Carnival Slam Cultural Exchange, and the co-founder of the Brooklyn Poetry Slam. When he is not on tour or hosting, he teaches performance poetry and hip-hop workshops to at-risk youth in New York City and the surrounding tri-state area. That's Jive Poetic on paper. Here's, okay, so here's my bio for you. Jive Poetic is afraid of birds. Am I? No, I'm not afraid of birds. A condor, was well, it a condor tried to eat my sister one time. It's not me being afraid of them. A you condor can't throw up my bio. <laughs> no, because it's false news, fake news. <laughs> trying to fake news me, man. All right, all right. No, no. You, it, yeah, because I'll talk about this. Jive Poetic is afraid of birds. Never afraid to stand up for other people, for people who he cares about. Um, unless maybe if a bird was insulting them, I don't know, because of Never. the bird thing, because of the bird thing. Um, no, he's an extraordinary teacher. He finds a way to connect with every single person he comes in contact with. Um, he is a vegetarian, but I think I've seen him eat meat. And <laughs> is that true? That's true, right? True. This is true. This is true. Uh, during COVID, during COVID, I, I've, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to be picky during a pandemic, man. So I definitely, definitely just, alter my eating patterns. Just open it up. I prefer vegetarian food, though. One of my favorite things, you know, you've come down for a week and done workshops with us. Um, at Walter Reed, at Fort Belvoir, and we get this week of like dr driving to the site, doing the workshop, and like whatever crazy thing happens in the workshop. You also, I want to add to your bio that Jive Poetic is a magnet for like just like wild things happening. <laughs> I think you just like, you like, you, you walk through the world with your palms open, like let it be weird. And then like weird things happen to you and everyone around you. True. gets like this like magic of like well I guess it's a story like that true. people touch you people just like true. this is true they say the things they shouldn't say aloud they say them to you yes this is this is true um but while some of it's like really funny and really weird and just like makes for good stories later um because it ends <laughs> Some of it's like part of your, I want to say like calling in the world is allowing people, creating spaces and creating an environment in which people can be themselves. People feel comfortable to like access this stuff and you've you know, done it with this work with at-risk youth for so long. And of course with veterans and service members. Um, but, you know, we've talked about it so much over the years on our drives to Fort Belvoir and back. It's like, where do you put it? What happens to it? Um, 
I don't know. I just repress it, man. Try to grow it into a gray hair, man. I, I don't. I, I mean, obviously, I'm joking, but um, I don't always know where it goes. And I'm learning more and more now the importance of confronting and dealing with it because I've been, you know, you got to stay in the house and it forces you into facing your own thoughts and your own feelings. And, and that is a strange place when you realize you've been holding so many other experiences from other people for so long. So I'm, I'm trying to learn how to process it. And I'm learning the best way to do is to just sometimes unplug and, and do things that have nothing to do with work or poetry or anything. And, uh, but yeah, it, it's, 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 it's more difficult than advertised. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it is. Um, and what are you learning about yourself in the, in the online workshop arena? It's a whole, it's a different thing for me. I thought it was going to be totally different and impossible. And that's not the case. It's been pretty wonderful, but there have been things about it that are different. Mm -hmm. What have you noticed? Well, I mean, well, Seema, you've known me for, for a while now, actually for a pretty long time now. And when we met, I, I might not even have had a cell phone when we met, or I might have been like using a, a Target track phone because I really just don't like, I know how easy it is to get lost in technology. You know, um, I know how easy it is to, for things to become impersonal over text or, and so I was really reluctant to even plugging in when when we know when the lockdown happened and it became a thing of necessity like you got to still work you have to still do these performances do mm -hmm. these workshops so i learned to adapt to it and I, i've been finding that sometimes i'm not always conscious of how much work or or things i'm taking on because with these zooms you just do them back to back and the next thing you know it's a whole nother day you've lost a day you know and zoom fatigue i'm figuring this out you know i have See, I have glasses now. I did not have these before. Put them on, put them on. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, this is a good look. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. But they don't work when I take them off. Like, they don't work when I take them off. No, they they, <laughs> they don't. Like, I can't I only see, I can only see, like, you know, reading and, and things, reading glasses, I guess. But I do believe that has something to do with just the fact that I've been staring at a computer screen for hours and hours, you know. Um, I think for my students, my high school students, it's been great. Teaching online has been great for them because their whole life is on the cell phone. So we just put the class on their phone <laughs> and now I'm getting work that I would have never gotten from them. You know, my college kids are a little more savvy. They don't do the work. <laughs> Some of them do, but. Listen, they, yeah, no, I'm, I'm see, I came up both of, I have my, my son and my niece were bubbled with and they're both in college. And I came upstairs one day and I was like, what are you guys doing? And they each have their laptop open and they're playing Mario Kart. Yes. There's like yes. physics happening in one corner and calculus out of the other. And it's just like, you guys. That's right. That's how they're doing it. Um, so. Do you feel different? Like, so performance is very weird, I think, online. Yes. Yes. Right? So there's that energy exchange isn't there. Yeah. It's missing. It's missing. And I think the other thing that I find really weird about performance, especially in Zoom, is that you can see yourself, which is awful. Like you just like, that's not, it's not ideal. <laughs> like it's just, it's not ideal. Um, but with, with groups, do you like have an ideal size? Um, for on a, 
poetry workshop? No, because, well, here's the thing. If it's a very large group, then it becomes difficult for me to see who's raising their hand or communicating. Yeah, right. And I've, when, I'm, when I'm back in the States, I have two monitors hooked up so I can have all of the faces and then there's like oh, some weird matrix. And I'm like clicking, clicking. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think being online, I'm able to communicate with more people. When I'm in a big classroom and everybody's sitting down, it's like a bunch of people. Then it's, it's I find myself walking around individually to people. And that takes up a lot of time sometimes. But uh, with Zoom, I can just put it in the chat. They can go back and <laughs> read it and and they can they can process it from from there. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's just the like the one time it's there and you people can scroll through it. Um, you were doing this like huge research project about family history yes. and writing essays. Am I right? Or were they? This is yes, new. Essays and poems, uh, prose, essay, prosetic and essays. Yeah, sure. So every time I go to DC and I come in the area, I went to the National Archives to do this research, right. which has been super exciting. I mean, I, I haven't been able to travel to meet the people because obviously the pandemic, and they're in places that where the healthcare is even more precarious. It's even more you have some fragile. family in Brazil, right? That you just right in Cuba and Jamaica too. So and um. So I try to I try to check in with them and, and talk to them. Um, WhatsApp. I mean, if you have family from out of the country, then you already have WhatsApp on your phone, yep. right? So. Yep. And it's you know, rude to I, exit the text when they start going off on the on the videos. You know, you have to just stick through them. Yep. Your family does this. Yes. Well, group text. The group text. Yeah, group text. It's like I don't. I don't. Too many people talking at the same time. So. But it's it's cool. I mean, the the I'm still excited about the project. I'm still working on it. You know, I'm still trying to get to all of the countries. Ten countries, ten cousins was the goal. So, so how many have you done? Where are we? Uh, I've I've made contact in about eight, seven or eight, and um, I've been to Cuba, Jamaica, Brazil to meet people face to face. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, when you good. have a big project like that, like this is a long term ambitious big scale project are you writing other stuff at the same time that's like not related to the project or is all of your writing sort of ar around this work I have this weird I, I, I tend to I tend to fixate on things right so like when I'm going I'm like this is the only thing I can think about and talk about so a lot of my writing has been focused on different things that could be a part of this project so, and if I get stuck, then I'll go to another project that's happening and I'll try and write there and then come back. But most of, because I get so excited to talk about the project, right? Because I see people's excitement when I tell them about it. So then it makes me excited to tell everybody about it. So, I mean, I try to write other things, but mostly I, I end up thinking about it or doing the research, rabbit hole. Research online is a rabbit hole. So I lose time just like looking up names. And right. Right. You're just like clicking through and before you know it, there's a man who fell down a manhole. <laughs> rat, yeah. rat manhole. <laughs> That's how it happens. Um, but yeah, but research does that. And you're like, oh, I haven't written anything. But of course, that's writing too, right? Like that. But it it feels like what's on the page. Um, do you, is there a space between like, like, do you protect a thing before you talk about it? What's way too much. incubation period like? Way too much. I'm way too closed off in my writing. I, I'm finding that from... 
uh, you know, friends and, and colleagues and other writers that I am maybe too protective of the work. And it's because uh, I was, I obsess, like, I gotta make sure it's the way I envision it. It's, I want it to be in, and, and sometimes that's uh, not as productive as it should be. You know, sometimes you gotta just put that stuff out there and, and then learn from the mistake that happens and rework it and retool it. But um, I'm really kind of uh, insulated when, in my writing process. Also because I distract easy. So it's like, I may put this stuff out and then somebody may say something and then I'm off to another thing. So, right. so yeah, I, I'm pretty like insulated when it comes to, isolated and insulated when it comes to the work. But um, I think going, going back to school, going to grad school has changed that because they were like the first day, all right, bring us a stack of your work and give it to everybody and let them read it in front of you. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm not doing that. And it's like, oh yeah, we're not going to graduate. And so I had to literally just give out work that was unedited. And I mean, I've done that with people I trust, but like these are students, some of which I don't know, you know what I mean? And it was, so that really forced me to have to think about this in a different way. Just let it go. Let it go, man. Let it it go. Um, How has teaching affected your writing? You were a writer first, of course, before you were a teacher. Um, and then you've been doing all of this teaching all these years. And then you went to school for writing. You went to school for film first. That's right. And then you went to school for writing. So how has teaching affected you as a student and you as a writer? Okay. As a writer, I think it's made me pay attention more to like the technical things that I'm doing. Right. Because I'm explaining technical things to people all day long. So now I'm realizing, oh, well, I, I got to make sure I apply this thing. Right? I got to go back and do this thing. But overall, teaching has slowed my writing down. I write way less now because, like I said, I fixate on things. So now when I'm in the classroom, I dive all the way in. And then it's like I really want my students to be successful and I really want them to not be stressed out by the work and and so I'm always like checking on them and reading their work and sending it back and then scared of letting their work filter into my work, you know? So it's, so it's like, or scared of like steering them in a way they don't want to go. So it, it slowed it down some. And, and, and writing is not rewarding the way that teaching is. Writing is rewarding like way down the line, but when you're just like sweating through the thing on the page, it's not like nobody says thank you. Your notebook isn't like, yeah, good for you showing up. No, nobody says thank you. And then when you share it, people start critiquing it. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but the thing is this, like what's the rewarding part is I really enjoy telling stories. Like that's just something I really always enjoy doing. So like writing it out is like a fun, but I write my stuff verbally first a lot of the time. So I, I walk and just, talk it out and then go back and write it down later. People are concerned about me when I walk around and I say my poems out loud or I say my lines from my prose or essays out loud, but it really is helpful to me to do it that way. And then I can dive back in. So Well, yeah. And I mean, now though, it's like there's Bluetooth. So you could just as well be on your headphones as far as they know. No, that is my cover story. You know, like I'm just, I'm just talking to my mom. I hold my phone up. I'm like, oh, you know, but I don't have any headphones in, so they, they figure um, it out pretty fast. <laughs> how, how is your mom? How is she doing with all of this? She's good. I mean, my mom is a scientist too, so she kind of understands this whole thing. But she, uh, my mother forgets sometimes 
my mother does not remember her age sometimes. Like she does not, she's not, she's going to still want, she wants to go do stuff. She wants to like, mom, you know, chill, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. But she's actually an active person. She likes being at the gym. She likes doing a lot of things. So, and she's like, you have an active person who's really intelligent and they make them sit at home for a year. It does affect them, you know? So, so, but yeah, she's doing well. I mean, I, I try to talk to her as much as possible. Um, she's a, she's an English teacher. So she's an English she teaches English now, so she's a scientist turned English teacher. And so, like, I'll talk to her. It's weird. We bond over lesson plans. We talked about lesson plans the other day. It was very strange. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, the bird, you were going to defend yourself about not being afraid of birds real quick? No, I think I did it. I mean, you know, a bird tried to eat my sister when I was little, and then, you know, I'm not scared of them. It's just a condor tried to, and you didn't believe that. You didn't believe I know. You had to call your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to United Against Silence. I'm Seema Reza, and I hope we see you at a workshop soon. You can see our full schedule at www.cbaw.org. We're looking forward to being in community with you.